Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, brought to you by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of your Hornets. Rob Longo with you today, following Charlotte's 131-113 to loss last night in the city of brotherly love, or so they call it. That would be Philadelphia. Sadly, it is yet again another Silver Linings edition of the HHC as the Hornets now fall to 7-20 and on a season and have now dropped five in a row, hoping that the injury report gets a a little bit better for Wednesday's contest. That's the next game up for the Hornets, but in between now and then, we got to recap this one, provide you with our silver linings, and unfortunately, we do have some sad news to report, as Paul Silas, the former head coach of the Charlotte Hornets and the Charlotte Bobcats, has passed away at the age of 79. Sam Farber will have a sit-down with Matt Carroll a little bit later on in the podcast about the life and legacy, of course, of Paul Silas. Helping me in the meantime, though, he is the post-game host of Hornets post-game on flagship sports radio WFNZ, and of course, the voice of Charlotte FC here in the Queen City. That is Will Palachik. And Will, thank you so much for joining me today. It's a good thing the World Cup has a couple days off because we were finally able to pencil you in back on another edition of the HHC. It's a busy time of year, Rob. Appreciate it always coming on with you guys. And like you said before, uh, wish it wasn't the Silver Linings edition. Hope we were talking about a W. Unfortunately, that's been the way it's been going for the Hornets as of late, dropping their fifth straight game. There's not much really to recap in this one as the Hornets did lead 21-20 to after 12 minutes of play. And then there was the just explosion of Joel and be there in the second quarter where he had 20 points in the second frame alone. He had 28 points at halftime. He finishes the game with 53 points. That is not, of course, a career high, but he did reach a new high watermark career-wise for most field goals made in a game. He was 20 of 32 from the field. That 20 made field goals is a new career high for Joel Embiid. 
Sixers, of course, got contributions up and down the lineup, of course, from guys like DeAnthony Melton, who was also in double figures. James Harden had 19 points, 16 assists, and he was a rebound shy of a triple-double. And a couple of other guys providing some sparks off the bench as well for the 76ers, who went at 131-113 to over your Charlotte Hornets. Kelly Oubre and Terry Rozier tied for a team-high 29 points in the loss last night in the city of brotherly love. But, Will, like I said, there's not a whole lot to really recap in this one, but I feel like it was just the Joel Embiid show and then it was everybody else trying to play catch-up from there. Yeah, Embiid is always a tough guard, Rob. You know this, and uh, and the Hornets have unfortunately come to know this over the course of the last couple of years, seeing them for as many high-volume matchups as they usually do. And, you know, it was always kind of one of the things that we looked at. You know, I did pregame on Sunday night with Sam, and so I was trying to, you know, trying to figure out, okay, maybe this is an opportunity for Plumlee. This is an opportunity possibly for Nick Richards, or maybe even Kai Jones to try and get some opportunities. And you got to vary your coverages against him. Embiid, and unfortunately, no matter the coverage, no matter the uh, situation, Embiid was able to really kind of step things up, and the Hornets didn't really have an answer for him. They did get 29 apiece from Kelly Oubre and Terry Rozier, so that at least was positive, but from a standpoint here, while their offense in four out of the last five games has actually been pretty stout, uh, they've had some trouble on defense, and unfortunately, the problem was very singular for them, and it was that guy who wears number 21 in white. After the game, head coach Steve Clifford talked about it because the main reason why this game slid away when it did for the Hornets is, well, first off, Embiid went off. And in the second quarter, it was that 41-point quarter for the Sixers. The Hornets played it pretty even in the third frame, but then Philadelphia was just able to go on a little bit of a run there in the final quarter. But at the end of the day, the free throw disparity was very, very large in the first half. It definitely tightened up there in the second half as Charlotte went 26 for 30 from the free throw line. Philadelphia also made 26 free throws, but went to the free throw line 32. The biggest difference, though, Joel Embiid went 11 times and made all 11 of them. A lot of those free throws for the Hornets came in the fourth quarter where the Sixers, for whatever reason, got in a lot of foul trouble and the Hornets were able to get into the bonus and were able to get to the charity stripe a little bit but it was one of those things where it was just a little too late but at the end of the day Charlotte ends up committing 24 fouls and sends Embiid to the free throw line 24 times head coach Steve Clifford after the game talked about how those fouls add up just because the team is not playing transition defense the two things that gave us problems in the first half have nothing to do with who's on the floor it just has to do with being disciplined so instead of running ahead of the ball, you know, like I think like going into this stretch of like this six games in nine days, we were first in transition defense in the NBA. So we'd been doing it and we just stopped. And in that stretch of the game, the last five minutes of the first half, Terry's foul was because we didn't all run back. Jalen's foul was because he tried to pick up James Harden full court, which is obviously you know, probably not going to work out for many people, right? And then Mason's foul, third foul, was because we didn't run back. So it works together. Like, transition defense is just committing to it. It takes less talent than any other phase of the game, and yet it's a big part of winning. Defending without fouling is the same thing. It takes understanding and being disciplined. Every time those guys go up to shoot and we slap down, it's an awful play. It's not like it's a decision. It's a terrible play. Well, after that explanation, I feel like I know everything there is about defense in the NBA. But at this point, you know, that's kind of one of the issues that Charlotte has had defensively. And I think a lot of that just comes down to it's not even effort. It's just the fact that this team is just so riddled with injuries and these guys are playing heavy minutes. I mean, once again, last night, 
Kelly Oubre, 37 minutes. Terry Rozier, a little bit of a lighter workload. And by lighter, I mean he played 34 minutes and not 41 like he has been in previous games. Jalen McDaniels playing 30 minutes, which no one really expected before the season even started. P.J. Washington was hovering around 35 as well. These guys continue to play heavy minutes. Something is going to suffer, and it seems like right now it's on that defensive end in that transition defense that Cliff talked about. And I think one of the things that Cliff even talked about after the Friday loss to the Knicks was the fact that this is a team that with this rotation and where the rotation is, they're kind of hitting a wall right now. And, you know, you weren't expecting Bryce McGowan's to be a 20-minute-per-game guy or Kai Jones to be a 20-, 25-minute-per-game guy. You were expecting contributions on the defensive side from guys like Dennis Smith Jr. and Cody Martin, and, and not having either of those guys in the fold for the extended portion of the season has been very, very difficult for the Hornets to try and swallow. And even a guy like LaMelo Ball, who was big in the passing lanes and is able to get you those steals and those fast break points, it's something that the Hornets are just not used to not having, so to speak. And that's the part of it that I think is really hard to swallow right now is the fact that while the team is not whole, the offense is actually kind of held up its end of the bargain. Like I said before, they scored 117 in a victory over the Wizards. They scored 117 against the Clippers in a two-point loss, 116 against Brooklyn, 113 on Sunday night against Philadelphia, and yet it's the defensive numbers that have continued to slip, the rebounding numbers, which Steve Clifford has talked about over the course of the last couple of nights. Uh, this uh, Philadelphia team is not necessarily the biggest rebounding team themselves. The second-chance points actually were something that the Hornets were actually better at in this game than Philadelphia. They outscored them 27 to 5 so that was actually not something that was a problem for Charlotte tonight but it has been a problem for them over the course of this losing streak and you know it just seems like there's such a razor thin margin for error right now you need so many different things to go right breaks to go their way players on the opposition to either be off or out of the lineup and when you have all of those guys that the Hornets don't have with them it's a lot to ask of the guys who are still existing in the Hornets rotation at the end of the day it goes down as a 131 to 113 loss in Philadelphia Hornets lose five straight but this is one of those ones where you take a look at the box score it's probably not as indicative of how close this game was it felt like it was moments in this contest where the Hornets were eons apart from where Philadelphia was especially there in a the second quarter but at halftime, it was only a seven-point deficit, and the Hornets were able to battle back. The third quarter was just not very good from Charlotte, and at the end of the day, they allow a 15-6 to run over about a two-and-a-half-minute span there in the third quarter, and they only lose the quarter by two points. So they're going in to the fourth frame, down nine. Anytime you're going into the fourth quarter in the NBA and you're down single digits, you got a chance. You're not out of that ball game by any means. Now, of course, the Sixers did go on that run and take advantage there and ended up outscoring the Hornets by nine in the final stanza. But at the end of the day, considering who the Hornets were down, no LaMelo Ball, no Gordon Hayward once again, no Dennis Smith Jr., no Cody Martin, that's four guys that are heavy, heavy rotation minutes and starters. Those guys aren't in there, and it took Joel Embiid 53 points and James Harden a rebound shy of a triple-double to beat you by 18. I know there's no silver linings and there's no moral victories in the NBA, but at the end of the day, that's not too shabby, I don't think. It isn't, Rob. And I think, you know, this game was a seven-point game with five and a half to play, five minutes to play when Kelly Oubre hit that one three-pointer to make it 112 to 105. And you thought the Hornets get a little momentum going. But again, some, some more Joel Embiid trips at a free-throw line. He made a hook shot a couple minutes later and, and really was kind of the man down the stretch that stretched that lead back out the double digits and let Philadelphia kind of run away and hide. But it is a scenario where the Hornets have, you know, great contributions from Terry Rozier and Kelly Oubre Jr. Like, those 
those are the two guys. Those two guys could, you know, kind of fold up the tent and, and pack up shop and have these games really turn into blowouts. That's the thing that I feel like you have to be proud about from the Hornets standpoint is that, you know, while these games, you know, from a margin of victory standpoint from Philadelphia, 131-113, that might sound like a lot. It wasn't necessarily a runaway for a lot of this contest. The Hornets fought very tough. And that's one thing that, that Steve Clifford has talked about over the breadth of this losing streak. It's the fact that there hasn't been a game where they haven't had a compete level and a fight level that's lasted for 48 minutes. They've had that an entirety of the time, and there haven't been that many games where the Hornets, you go into a fourth quarter or something like that, and you think this game is over. There's always that compete level, and they are getting some some market improvements from some guys. You're seeing more trust put in guys like McGowan's and Kai Jones, et cetera, and so on, but they still are lacking the ability with uh, without being at full strength to really compete play for play with all these teams. Hornets fall once again last night, 131 to 113 at the hands of the Philadelphia 76ers, have a chance to get back on track against another slumping team on Wednesday in the Detroit Pistons, who are in fact below the Hornets in the standings. We'll have your game preview for that here in a few days. But in the meantime, still some more topics to cover here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We've got to talk about our silver linings. That comes your way next right here on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 
Rob Longo and the host of Hornets pregame on the flagship sports radio WFNZ, Will Palachik, with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Charlotte Falls in Philadelphia last night, 131 to 113. couple of really impressive performances, and there's been a stretch of these great performances over the last handful of games, over the last seven games to be exact. And time now for our Silver Linings edition. There have been two really standout players, and I'm sure we'll cover both here on this Silver Linings segment. But Will, as the guest of honor, I will defer to you first. Who is your silver lining pick from last night's loss? I will go with Terry Rozier just because of the fact that uh, he got himself above that 1,000 three-pointer threshold, which is always a nice thing to kind of get and garner. And uh, you mentioned the fact that both he and Kelly Oubre, and I'm sure uh, with me taking Rozier, you'll probably take Oubre. The tandem stat that I uh, I will go back to, and it was referenced by Sam on the broadcast, and we referenced it as well on the pre- on the on the postgame show, I should say, for the eighth consecutive game, both Oubre and Rozier have 20 points per contest, and that is a new Hornets high mark for concurrent 20-point performances. It's really been a good thing to see for them. Despite the fact that the wins have not come in their fashion, they have at least put together some pretty impressive scoring nights. Terry Rozier fires for three. Got another one. Terry Rozier drilling another Lowe's three-point shot, his third of the contest. That was the 1,003-pointer that put Terry at that plateau here in his career. Huge congratulations to Terry Rozier. He is the 22nd fastest person in NBA history. He is tied for 22nd fastest to get to that 1,000 three-pointer plateau. The other person happened to play in that game last night. That was James Harden as well. So a little fun factoid there for your bar trivia. Mm. For me, I got to go on the other side as my silver lining pick, and it was the guy you already mentioned. It's got to be Kelly Oubre. Jalen McDaniels, open look at a three, missed. Rebound slapped out by Plumlee to Oubre. Oubre straightaway three is good. Kelly Oubre Jr. drilling another Lowe's three-point shot, and he has his eighth consecutive 20-point performance as well. At the end of the day, Will, you take a look at these two players, and they almost had identical stat lines last night. I referenced the minutes already. Kelly played 37. Terry played 34. Oubre, 29 points, 11 of 23 from the field, 3 for 8 beyond the arc, 3 rebounds, and assist, a block, and 2 steals as well. Terry Rozier, 29 points. 10 of 20 from the field, 5 of 8 beyond the arc, 4 for 4 from the free throw line, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. He was working on a little bit of a triple-double himself. And with that said, I know we talk about the defense and how there's been some struggles there. And again, Philly ends up putting up 131 points, albeit 53 of them coming from an MVP candidate the last several seasons in Joe Embiid and another guy that's a former All-Star, of course, in James Harden, who has been another superstar in this league for so, so long. But at the end of the day, Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre, without them, I would be more to know where this Hornets team has been over the last several games. Totally with you. And the Ubre thing is also kind of a big, big part. And, and something that Sam and I talked about at the beginning of the season is that I think we really underrated how good of a defender Kelly Ubre was because so much of the last half of the season last year was spent on trying to figure out what happened with his three-point shot. Well, over the offseason, Kelly made not just a rededication to the defensive side, but a rededication to trying to diversify his game. You know, we are seeing him drive more, and on nights when the three isn't working, he is not settling for those open threes, and he's getting to the free throw line, and he's trying to to make himself a more valuable player, especially with this increased defensive role. I'm wondering 
if in fact he might be tries to work more on that three-point shot when the reinforcements get back in LaMelo and Gordon and DSJ, and they are trying to rely on him more as a three-point specialist, but I'd almost rather him kind of stay in this role, or at least uh, from not this role, but just necessarily just this particular offensive mindset because he is filling it up despite not having the best three-point numbers. And for whatever reason, we're not seeing the same type of consistency that we did in the first half of last season, but we're seeing the point totals really go up, and that's awesome. And for Terry, I mean, he just continues to impress. I'm wondering how he's continuing to have the minute low that he has. You know, he had 40 minutes a couple of nights ago, and then, you know, he did get a little bit of, of time off in the fourth quarter on Friday night against the Knicks, but another 34 minutes on Sunday. He is somebody who continues to try to carry this team on his back based on the way that he is playing heavy minutes, scoring a lot, trying to provide as much effort as he can defensively, and also dishing the ball, which if you've heard Terry speak at any point during his Hornets career, he always likes to boast that he's not the biggest assist man. Well, he's a little sheepish about it now because, quite honestly, it's become a real important part of his game, especially with Lamelo down. Terry Rozier having to take over those point guard duties has certainly stepped up, not only, of course, facilitating, but also continuing that scoring output as well. Kelly Oubre, one of those guys that you always look to score in buckets, and he's been able to shoulder that load also for this offense as the Hornets fall 131 to 113 in Philadelphia last night. Those are our two segments recapping today's game. Will Pelagic, the Hornets postgame host on the flagship sports radio WFNC and, of course, the voice of Charlotte FC in the springtime. A big thank you to joining me on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Appreciate it as always, Rob. We'll talk soon. Still one more segment to go on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. We have to celebrate the life and legacy of Paul Silas, who passed away yesterday at the age of 79. That comes your way next here on the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Senta. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to do That's my, my dance, <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. 
Rob Longo, once again here with you on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. And in just a few moments, we'll have a very enlightening interview celebrating the life and legacy of Papa Bear, Paul Silas, who passed away yesterday at the age of 79. And the official statement here from Hornets chairman, of course, the one and only Michael Jordan said, quote, our Hornets family mourns the passing of Paul Silas. Paul was an incredible leader and motivator who served as our head coach on two occasions. He combined a knowledge developed over nearly 40 years as an NBA player and coach with an innate understanding of how to mix discipline with his never-ending positivity. On or off the court, Paul's enthusiastic and engaging personality was accompanied by an anecdote for every occasion. He was one of the all-time great people in our game, and he will be missed. My thoughts and the thoughts of our entire organization are with his wife, Carolyn, his children, Paula and Steven, and the entire Silas family. So, of course, certainly our thoughts and well wishes go out to the Silas family as Steven, the head coach for the Houston Rockets, was not on the bench for last night's game against the Milwaukee Bucks, but he was certainly there in spirit, and the Houston Rockets even picked up a win over the Milwaukee Bucks 97-92. to Certainly had some divine intervention there for the Silas family. Of course, a huge basketball family right onto its own. Sam Farber, before yesterday's game against the Philadelphia 76ers, happened to track down Matt Carroll, the 10-year NBA vet who played under Paul Silas during the Charlotte Bobcat eras. And without further ado, here is that interview with Matt Carroll. Rob, thank you very much. Sam Farber here on the Hornets Hivecast, joined by Matt Carroll, 10-year NBA veteran and my color commentator on the Hornets radio network. Wish we had better circumstances to bring you on the podcast today, Matt, but uh, unfortunately, we got the news yesterday that former coach Paul Silas passed away. You played for him. What are your thoughts uh, on this tragic passing? Yeah, obviously very, very sad by the news. And, uh, you know, Coach Silas is one of my favorite coaches that I had played for through my NBA career. And uh, he was just a, obviously a, a great man first and foremost. You know, he was a coach that you know cared about you more than as a player but as a person. And uh, was just, you know, whenever I'd see him, I got excited just to see his face and have a conversation with him, talk about life even outside of basketball. And just really sad to hear the news. And really my heart goes out to, to his family and to Stephen Silas's family and everybody else in the Silas family. He's someone who, on top of being a, a longtime coach, was a outstanding player, multiple-time all-star multiple-time champion with different teams and a five-time All-NBA defensive team selection. Almost kind of like a Doc Rivers today where his playing career was Hall of Fame worthy right around that realm. But then as a coach, a second act that was just as impressive. Yeah, I mean, obviously as a, as a coach, it comes in with that many accolades and that kind of resume. The credibility in the locker room, you know, goes pretty far. You know, so as a player, you knew what he did as, as a player. And you could look at him and just tell, like, this guy was probably a monster on the court. And considering what he did with championships and individually and his rebounding and it's just his toughness. You know, he kind of brought a sense of toughness, you know, as a coach to his players and instilled that in us. And just a great coach to play for. In addition to that, on top of all the other accolades since his past, we hear a lot about his personality and how even though he coached through some pretty rough times in Charlotte, he was able to keep the spirits up yeah. of all those players out there. Yeah, he sure did. You know, obviously, the when he, I, if I remember correctly, when he came in 2010 and 11, it was uh, during the beginning of the season. He replaced Larry Brown. But overall, I think we, we did a really good job under him. I think we finished just under 500 while he was coaching that year. And, you know, it was new to get thrown in the fire kind of midseason with the new team and when he was retired from coaching for a while to kind of come out of retirement 
environment and coach us, but had his son Steven Silas there who obviously helped with the transition. Uh, it's kind of neat seeing those two coach together. He always had a feel with Steven that he was kind of going to be the next in line. And then the next year, you know, we had a tough year. That was the lockout season, so I don't think we even count that year. It's kind of how I look at it. But it was a tough year. We just didn't have a ton of talent overall on our team, didn't really have any stars, and kind of our top-tier talent on that team that year during the lockout season was hurt most of the year. So it was just a hard year overall, but having a coach like him was great as a player just because he found a way to keep our spirits up, to help us keep pushing through it, keep working hard, uh, and that's not an easy position to be in as a head coach. The Hornets will obviously honor him at the next home game a couple days here, but he's someone who's been honored. We've already seen we saw in Philadelphia the other night getting accolades from the Philadelphia people in a moment of silence there. What, what does it mean to you as a former player of his to see that his impact is being celebrated throughout the league, not just the places he played and the places he coached. Yeah, it makes you feel really good as someone that knows him, was a friend of his, and as a former player of his, just to see him getting recognition throughout the league, that not just the people that played for him feel that same way, but everybody who's a fan of the game you know, knows the impact that he had as a player and as a coach in the NBA. Matt, thanks so much for joining us. Wish it was on better circumstances, but appreciate talking to you. Sure, anytime, Sam. Thank you. Rob, back to you. Sam, thank you so much. A great interview with you and Matt there, getting some insight on the life and legacy of Paul Silas. And of course, you know, when these things happen, it's always certainly a very saddening time. But at the same time, you have to celebrate the life. You have to celebrate the legacy that was Papa Bear Paul Silas. Six seasons in Charlotte, eight total, as you consider his two years as an assistant coach. But he was a head coach for six seasons here in Charlotte. He even moved with the franchise to New Orleans coached 401 games here for Charlotte between the Hornets and the Bobcats monikers. He had an 11 and 12 playoff record in those instances, 12 total seasons as a head coach throughout the league. And he was a great player in his own right as well. 16 seasons, a two-time all-star, a three-time NBA champion, and was also a five-time member of the NBA all defensive team. Paul Silas sadly passing away at the age of 79 yesterday. But of course his life, his legacy and his positivity will certainly reign on for generations to come. That'll do it for today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Special thanks to Will Palachik and Sam Farber and Matt Carroll once again for helping out on today's episode of the Hornets Hivecast. Tomorrow, Sam Farber will have a sit-down interview with Hornets forward P.J. Washington talking about life on the court, off the court, and how the season has gone so far. Certainly encourage you to check that one out here once again tomorrow. So with that said, for Will Palachik, Sam Farber, and Matt Carroll, I'm Rob Longo saying so long. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, and we'll see you here tomorrow once again on the HHC. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit Hornets.com. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7. 
or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.